Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. episode 314 of real life ghost stories and i have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 16th of october 2023 and story number one comes from laura when i was growing up i've had many different experiences and encounters that would make the average person question themselves however there is one memory from my childhood that has stuck with me ever since i was a kid i have felt a strong presence lingering along with me This started from a very young age, all the way up to my teenage years. I'm now 22 and haven't felt this presence in almost three years. A little background. My dad passed away when I was a baby. I was around two years old. My mom always used to tell stories to me of how when she would lay me down in the crib at night and I would point and smile to the ceiling calling to my dad. As a two-year-old, I wouldn't have understood that my father had passed. She spoke of how this happened often throughout the years. She would find me sitting up giggling, pointing or looking around the room. She always used to say that he was my guardian angel protecting me and making me smile, which I believe to be true. I grew up in my father's house, alone with my mother all the way up until the age of eight. But as I became more aware of my surroundings, I also remember becoming aware of things that weren't there. Not just aware, but fearful. This transition I can only pinpoint in vague memories, but strong emotions as I was still very young. I never slept in my own bed as a child. I hated to even be left alone in my bedroom to play. My mother used to play it off that I was attached to her and lonely when not around her. However, I remember it was that I did not want to be alone out of sheer fear. I remember walking the halls crying as a child towards my mother's bedroom late in the night as I did not want to sleep in my own bed. I used to crawl into her bed for comfort with her. As I got older, this obviously became an issue. She began to try and train me to sleep in my own room by purchasing a nightlight that would plug into the socket in the wall by my door, along with leaving my door slightly ajar and the whole light on. Eventually, I got used to sleeping on my own. Some nights, I would stay the whole night in my bed. Other nights, I'd wake up and go to my mother. The house we lived in was quite an old house. The floorboards would creak and the walls sounded like they were alive. One night, I remember vividly, as clear as day, as if it happened to me two days ago and not 15 years ago. I remember laying in bed in my own room as I was extremely ill with a cold. I laid in bed fearfully with my eyes locked on the door just watching and waiting with no reason as to why but a mere feeling. There was this strong sense that a presence was with me. The air felt heavy and thick This presence was so intense and emotional. 
I wanted to cry hard for my mother but was unable to find the strength to even let out a single squeal. The faint light from the nightlight that was plugged in created a shadow of light on the door. I locked eyes with the ball of light and I remember I felt as though I couldn't take my eyes off it. I felt paralysed, unable to move or even let out a breath. This figment of light began to move closer to me, above me, from the door, rather than directly on. I remember following this light with my eyes the whole way along the room. It was almost like a floating orb. I felt this weight on my chest as this ball of light hovered directly above me. I felt weak and sick, panicked, yet I was unable to move no matter what I did. My mom, at that exact moment, came in through the bedroom door and the room flooded with light from the hole and the light figment vanished. She came in to check on me as I was sick and took my temperature. I had a severe temperature of 40 degrees, which sent my mom into a frenzy to get medicine and a cold cloth. While she scrambled, I remember just sitting there, still frozen, unable to express what I had just seen, until I felt like the weight was gone. I let out screams of terror to my mother. As I mentioned before, she always used to say, when I felt like I was not alone, to not be afraid, that it was just daddy watching over me. So she brushed it off. But what I felt was not my father. To this day, I still don't know what it was, but it wasn't the last time I felt it. All the way into my teenage years, it followed me. I've moved house multiple times since that old first house, and I felt like it was always with me, watching me as I became more and more aware of it. I never felt threatened or in danger, but I always felt heavy, or like I was being watched. I've had more incidents with this. I call it a feeling, more severe than what I've just explained. I'm just too afraid to speak or to think of the other incidents as I'm afraid the feeling will return. Oh, Laura, I'm so sorry that you've had to go through this, you know, that you feel like you've had this presence, I suppose, following you for this period of time. And I totally understand that feeling of, actually, I don't want to write these things down. I don't want to encourage this. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, talking these things into existence and whether talking about these things can attract them. So totally understand that feeling of, I don't want to write this down because I don't want to bring this back. I don't want to bring back these memories. I don't want to risk having those feelings again totally get it. I also understand why your mom would be like, it's okay, it's your dad looking out for you, looking after you. She was probably feeling like, what can I say to make her feel calm about this that isn't going to, you know, completely dismissive. I know that she brushed it off, brushed off the feelings that it was making you have. And I can imagine as a little one that would have felt very difficult being like, no, you don't understand. I am afraid. And that's that's important. And I know you said in your last kind of paragraph that you didn't feel like this was a threatening presence or you never felt like you were in danger but you always felt like it was heavy or like you were being watched and I wonder if because of that you could take comfort in it maybe being you know something positive some sort of guardian somebody who's looking out for you but because obviously you're not used to that feeling that it feels really threatening and feels like you're being watched and maybe isn't giving the positive vibes that you would maybe expect it to give I feel like I'm just trying to make you feel better and and failing miserably. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And story number two comes from Anonymous. I've always loved all things spooky and paranormal and despite trying my hardest, I've never really had an experience myself. I even spent a night at Loftus Hall during the pandemic and nothing. I did spend a night on Spike Island and there's definitely a heaviness there that is hard to explain. Those are stories for another time though. These past few weeks have been the wildest ride so buckle up straight up felt like I was living in some sort of weird combination of a low-budget thriller movie slash paranormal joke slash real life. So my maternal grandmother was an interesting person, and by interesting I mean the worst. She treated my mom like garbage when she really needed a mother figure in her life and would always pin her million kids against each other and watch them fight for entertainment. She wasn't too well off financially and even after all the bad treatment, my mom and her siblings would help out where they could. One day, maybe two months ago, my mom took some food to my grandmother and her partner to help them out. My gran, who never showed any emotion, had a complete outburst, upset that my mom had brought her food and then going off on a tangent about how sick she is of her partner Bill and that she wanted him gone. They're both like 70 or 80, so I don't know where she expected him to go, but here we are. My mom felt very awkward because the guy was right outside and probably heard everything. To be honest, I'm pretty sure my grandmother told him all of this to his face too, because she was just built like that, and people's pain brought her joy. After that major trauma dump, my mom left and said that she saw Bill outside looking sad. I mean, I probably would have cried hearing my partner bad-mouthing me like that, so I don't blame him. My mom came home quite distressed and told me about all of this, saying that she's never seen her mom act that way and that she was quite literally screaming how she wished Bill would just die or leave. It won't matter to her as long as he's out of her life. Note that Bill is really the sweetest, most soft-spoken man ever and she's not easy to be with. The man had the patience of a saint... Not even two days later, my mom called me up to tell me that Bill had died unexpectedly. I kid you not, my first thought out loud was, huh, that's convenient. And internally, I immediately thought my grandmother had a hand in it. She never gave the impression that she would kill someone, but I wouldn't put it past her. She also very randomly told everyone that professionals deemed it unnecessary to perform an autopsy to determine his cause of death and ruled it due to a stomach sore or something so she chose not to have one. Apparently, he woke up in the middle of the night from severe pain, clutching his stomach, crawled to the bathroom and vomited. I'm not well versed in medical symptoms, but I have listened to enough true crime podcasts to think that this might be screaming poison. Three days, maybe less, later, my gran had a stroke. Listen, these two people may have been old, but they were healthy, so this was just too suspicious. 
she ended up in ICU for a few days before passing away. In that time though, she told my aunts to not eat or drink anything in her house. We only heard about this after my mom went back to pick up the food she brought them a few days ago because they didn't even really have time to eat anything that she brought them. I wasn't comfortable having dead people's food in our home but 99% of it was unopened and no one is wasting food in this economy. I'm not sure why my aunts didn't mention it sooner though. Feels like something you might want to tell people but I digress. Fast forward to this week, my parents are currently on vacation for their anniversary. I'm home alone with my younger sister and I wake up at 3am for no reason. There was light coming in from outside through the window so my room was pretty well lit. I look over to my door, which was open for the cats, and see a shadow in my fucking doorway. I took a sleeping pill before going to bed, but I was wide awake just staring at this thing, trying to figure out if I was tripping or actually seeing this bullshit. I don't know what possessed me, but the next thing I know I'm getting out of bed, walking past or through this motherfucking solid black shadow to turn the hallway light on and see if it's still there. It wasn't. I turn the light back off, walk through it again. Honestly, how am I still alive? Get back into bed and there it is again. I get my phone and take a picture. Thank God I did, otherwise I would have thought that I finally lost my marbles. You can clearly see the shadow figure on the picture and it was the same height as what my gran used to be. I've never seen a ghost before and I'm not sure how to feel about this one. I wasn't scared of it, just highly annoyed that it woke me up because I had work the next day. Adult life is no joke. I should also mention that a few nights before this, I woke up choking and chalked it up to me choking on my spit in my sleep. I'm not so sure anymore. A few days before this event, I joked with my other sister that we should hold a seance and ask my gran if she murdered Bill and died from guilt or whether it was a double suicide, but that I don't want her spirit to stick around. I now sleep with my bedside lamp on because I'm not up for seeing that shit again. I called my mom today and she said she thought it was my gran too. She also said my gran asked the day before she died if my sister and I would be okay home alone when my parents are traveling. This isn't my preferred way of someone checking up on us but thanks I guess. Or does she know that I know what she knows which others might know and is now haunting me so I don't spill the beans. I don't know what to think about all of this but thanks for listening anyway. I don't know if I'm brave or stupid, but I hope I never see her again. Anonymous, under general circumstances, I would not want to be seeing the ghost of my grandmother, but your grandmother sounds like an absolute piece of work. And I would not want to be seeing her again either. You know, she sounds like she was a very difficult woman and uh, a very difficult person to be around. And I can't, I can't even fathom what it must have been like for your mum and for Bill to hear her ranting and raving about how she hated Bill and wanted to get rid of him you know whether she wanted him to die or just leave didn't matter as long as he was out of her life like oh that is that is tough listening and I can totally understand why you and your kind of immediate family's brain went to um weird bit murdery considering you know a couple of days before she's ranting and raving about how she wants him out of her life whether that's death or he just leaves and then a couple of days later he suddenly dies oh this whole story is giving me the heebie-jeebies I don't like it at all and in general like if you're in this situation there isn't really anything you can do about it you know you can't just go well she wasn't a very nice person and therefore I think she poisoned Bill 
and there's nothing you can do about it now because presumably he's buried and presumably she's dead and buried so almost whether she did or she didn't seems like a moot point but let, let me tell you I would not want to be seeing her in the shadows in my doorway either. We always talk about familial spirits coming back and being really protective and loving and looking after their loved ones who are still on the earthly plane and in this instance it does does not sound like you want that woman to be coming back and looking out for you. Some family members just aren't very nice. And the fact that she told your aunts not to eat anything in the house, not eat or drink anything in the house after she was gone, like it's not funny. Not I don't know why I'm laughing because it's not funny at all. I mean, all I'm I'm putting those things together and getting murder does not is not the same as putting two and two together and making five. You know what I mean? That's a two and two equals four kind of situation. Oh, that has rattled me. And our final story today comes from A. I've been trying to think of how to even tell my stories. My husband says I have a gift and I say I have a curse. This information will come to light in my later stories. I live in rural America, so these things aren't talked about much. I've been a firefighter EMT for almost 30 years, so you could say that I've seen a lot of things and there are still things I haven't which I'm okay with. My last two years, I have ran 26 deaths or in the process of dying calls. For a little rural area, that is a lot, especially for one person to run them all. Normally, people work shifts so they can get a break from the calls. I volunteer for small towns so I don't get a break. I'll start my stories from when I kept my gift a secret. I would run normal medical calls, but I would know in my heart and gut that even though the person was in an okay state, they were still going to die within 48 hours, but I knew that they were going to pass peacefully. They would have a glow around them when I saw them, and they didn't want to let go of my hand. I was okay with this, until one call changed it all. The call was to a man that hadn't left his bed for five days. I don't want to get gross, but yes, he didn't leave his bed for anything, so he was covered in stuff. My partner and I arrived, and I started feeling sick even before approaching the front door. Once inside, all I could see was dark, even though it was daytime and the curtains were open. I went in and started getting vitals, and my partner left me to go and get the cot. That's when everything changed. I was standing against a wall, and there were no pictures, and there was no one else in the room. The patient, who had not moved even in his bed for five days, rolled over onto his back and twisted his body. A grin came across his face that looked like the cat's grin from Alice in Wonderland. He spoke and asked who my friend was that was standing beside me. I looked to my right to see a dark shadow. The shadow didn't move. The man started the most evil laugh I have ever heard, then twisted back into the previous position. He then passed away 48 hours later. I later learned that he did not live a good life and stuff was found in his apartment that would make your stomach turn. I had a few more calls the next month that was back to the patient glowing and then passing. So once again that gave me peace. I then had a medical call for a mentally unwell person and law enforcement was over 30 minutes out. The last update was that the subject went unresponsive, so I did not wait for law enforcement to get on the scene first. I parked my vehicle across the road from the person, and as I was getting my medical bag out, he approached me from behind. I stayed calm as I have been trained, and I was able to move to where he couldn't pin me or attack me. 
I asked him questions and I told him everything I was doing and I moved slowly so as not to scare him. The man kept looking behind me and saying, I'm not going to hurt her. I was the only one there so I don't know who he was talking to. The ambulance and law ended up showing up. Found out the man had actually escaped from prison on murder charges and we were on the side of the road at a cornfield and he could have easily killed me and taken my vehicle. That night I had a dream of the scene and standing behind me were two ten-foot gold men without faces protecting me. I feel to this day that that is what saved my life and I'm sure my guardian angels work overtime to keep me alive. So now we get to my gift or curse. I smell death. I know when the tones are going to drop for a death call. I don't know the exact time or location, that's why I call it a curse, but I know within a few minutes to a couple of hours after smelling it, the call is coming. I didn't tell my husband or anyone because I thought I was just going crazy and no one would believe me anyway. Until one day we were getting ready to head to a fellow firefighter's funeral. I stepped out of the shower, not knowing that my husband had stepped into the bathroom, and I said out loud, Someone's going to die. My husband looked at me weird and said, Babe, we're going to a funeral, someone has died. And I said, No, someone is going to die this morning and I'm going to get a call. My husband is not a believer and blew it off as nothing. When we went to the station to get the fire trucks for the funeral, the tones dropped for a young female, unresponsive and CPR in progress. My husband looked at me and turned white. I left and responded. There was nothing we could do for her and she passed. At that point, my husband was a believer and had me doing any research I could on what this was. I never found answers and it still happens. We think I have a grim reaper attached to me, so we call him Uncle Charles. And if we are around people when I smell death, I tell my husband Uncle Charles is saying hi, so we both know that we need to prepare. I would only see this as a gift if I knew when and where and who, so I had time to stop Uncle Charles. He came and visited me one morning, but it was different and I instantly started crying because I knew this was going to be a call that haunted me. And it was a four-year-old that I ended up doing CPR for 45 minutes with no luck of bringing him back. My husband also noticed that after I worked cold calls, he would see shadow figures following me around and I would have bruises on me that would be unexplained. Stuff around our house will move and you'll hear footsteps coming up the basement stairs all unexplained. But I also know I have things that follow me from the house I grew up in. Those stories are for another time, which includes, I'm pretty sure, something telling me or showing me how I'm going to die. A, I'm really interested to know when you realised you had this gift. Do you know what I mean? Like what age were you when you were like, I can smell death? I just know that it's going to happen. And I totally understand why you would call it a curse and not a gift. But even if it was, even if, you know, even if you knew the who and the what and the when, would that really change anything? Because I'm not entirely sure that you'd be able to stop it. Because I think there's kind of very few inevitabilities about life, but death is unfortunately one of them. And I think that if you knew kind of the who, what, when, and you weren't able to stop it, then that would be just such a horrible thing to try and live with day to day so maybe it is a blessing that you don't have the full picture that you have the the limited amount of knowledge that you have about it and you're able to prepare yourself kind of mentally and physically and then when it happens it's not a complete and utter shock 
Also, those call outs sound absolutely terrifying. But it does sound like in some cases you are there for people when they're going to die. That they don't want to let go of your hand. Maybe they sense a feeling of calm and peace from you or a sense of knowing that they that you kind of know what they're about to go through and in some way they maybe know what they're about to go through but as for the other calls that is absolutely petrifying and I'm so impressed that you do emergency response work because that is an amazing thing to do and I'm sorry that you have to see these things and performing CPR on anybody let alone a child unsuccessfully is just completely harrowing and and honestly life-changing thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to laura anonymous and a for sending in your stories remember the last story came from the 16th of october 2023 and if you'd like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com you can also check out the website real life ghost stories podcast.com and if you are desperate for some extra content you can subscribe to the patreon that is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note i shall see you next time even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.